0: Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast featuring the Almighty Be Live, the money man Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast is a sports podcast that's by the fans for the fans, talking sports just the way you like it. Without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Ladies and gentlemen and everybody else, welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. That's right, we are back with another action-packed episode of your favorite sports podcast, the Sports Bros Podcast. Scotty D looks a little chilly. B-Live looks a little comfortable. Scotty D, you got to put a coat on, man. I know we're recording inside, but you got to put a coat on. But, you know, we'll we'll get to that shortly. Uh, A little quick housekeeping real fast. Uh, Shout out to... um, our very own Matty Ice, Martin Tracy, happy belated birthday to him. And also a special shout out to Geno McGee of the Bias Sports Talk Group 4.0. on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, he's a diehard Saints fan, too. He's also um, sitting on the couch with us besides the Falcons fans as well, too. But shout out to both of them. And thank you for listening to the Sports Bros Podcast. So let's get into it. Introducing first, two. Of the best coast in the world, the Almighty Be Live.
1: What's happening?
0: What's going on in the world today?
1: I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. I know that the college football national championship is going on tonight. And with my entire playoff and the NFLs coming up, I don't care about you or none of your team. I'm going to rep what I rep because you know what? I look good in it. And looking forward to next season, and it begins right. Now, so let's get it let's go and i guess there, there is somebody um, um on this podcast that might have something to celebrate after beating up on the second and third stringers on on their division rival go ahead go ahead and um introduce that other guy you know let's uh, get that out of the way
0: how would you like that 50-burger cooked? With that being said, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, he is the money man, Scottie Day.
2: Crazy, crazy, baby, I go crazy. What a crazy weekend for the NFL. Facts. Facts. Week 18, first time ever. It delivered. It mm-hmm. was it was cool. I, I, I honestly went into that thinking – You know, there's only so much I can be interested in. And a whole bunch of stuff happened. We're going to get into that here momentarily. But Eddie cool, college football championship is wrapping up. It's it's a wrap. It's a wrap.
0: College football. You know what? It's a wrap. And it's a wrap right now. So what we're going to do, we're going to dive into the national championship game between the Bulldogs of the University of Georgia and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Wow. What a game. That's all I have to say. It, is, it was an action-packed game between the University of Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide. University of Georgia, they've done it for the first time in 41 years. They win the national championship. They defeat the number one team, Crimson Tide, 33-18. We're going to go around the horn right fast. We don't want to bore you too much because we got a whole lot of show going on here. And um, we're going to give some thoughts. Scotty D, I'm going to start with you first. What are your thoughts about tonight's national
2: championship game? Uh, it was really like two different games. Yep. First half was neither team really got anything going offensively. It was like one big play, get you down the field and the other team's defense would cinch it up. You know, but it was making both coaches nervous because all head coaches say, yeah, you yeah, get in the red zone and you settle for field goals. That's the way to lose games. And both teams were doing it. And then the second half, it opened up a good bit. You know, it's you start seeing a little bit more action, obviously. Um, the the, the the turning point of the game was was the uh, the fumble by um, Stetson Bennett that looked in real time like it might have been an incomplete pass because his hand was going forward. The ball somehow popped straight up in the air and went forward. And the Alabama defender didn't even seem like he was trying to recover it, but he casually just cradled the ball, tiptoed on the sideline, and it was their ball. And that seemed to really set... Bennett off, because then he came back after the Bama scored. He answered with a touchdown drive of his own, and then he was off and running from there. And then it, it seemed like, uh, maybe you feel the same way, B-Lad, that the Bama defense sort of wore down a little bit there in the fourth quarter, because they they didn't seem to, uh, as Nick Saban said, they didn't really finish.
1: Well, I will say this. I will say this more than ever. This was Exactly what it was supposed to be. This was a storybook finish. The like literally the first drive, the first drive, Georgia causes a fumble, which we all we thought was a fumble, and scoop and score. Georgia is up immediately on Alabama and. That was the narrative of this game. But then we looked at it. Bryce Young made one of the biggest in, well, I will say this, instinctual plays. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm about to get sacked. Let me uh, try to get my arm forward to try to get a pass off. And it worked. And it worked. And a lot of people in their mouths like, oh, and this was this is the narrative. They drove the ball down the field. They moved the ball just as Alabama does. But they couldn't get into the end zone. And I was like, okay, okay, Georgia is play. They, they're playing good defense. Mm-hmm. They're trying their best hold Alabama back and that, and that is the scenario Georgia kept Alabama out of the end zone enough for their offense to finally do what they needed to do
2: yeah because they didn't get clicking until the second half at all yeah it, yeah, mm-hmm. no,
1: nothing field goal field goal field goal field goal field goal I was like oh my
2: I they actually game. started off with three and out, back-to-back times. I, I didn't know if Georgia was ever going to get a first down on this game the way this game started off. They I, right
1: about I, the first thing I said, I was like, Stetson Bennett is not ready for the big game because it went back to the SEC Championship, which, I again, I'm not going to go into conspiracy. I, I said what I said. Georgia mm-hmm. had no incentive to win the game in the SEC Championship. But whatever, whatever. This game is for it all, and I watched and Bennett, and I was like, "This, this dude is scared, scared." He, he, he was like, "I need to run the ball. I need to run the ball." And literally, he had the ball running. Nobody touched him. Just <coughs> cough. I was like, "Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! This is the biggest game of your life right now. You can't just..." First thing in my first thought I had, he's not ready for the big game. Bryce Young has already done what he needs to do. Mm. He's ready for the big game. Setson Bennett, and I've said this countless times, is gonna be the play of a quarterback. Sets and Bennett bounced back and made it happen.
2: It seemed like when he threw that bomb, the pickings early in the that was their third possession. Mm-hmm. They just picked up a first down. And he, that seemed to kind of almost caught that calmed him down a little bit. It kind of opened the game up a little bit for him, gave him a little bit of confidence. Like, Oh, okay. You know, we, we belong here now, you know, they, that they got them actually I think they, they answered with a field goal at that point. They may have been down six, nothing at that point or three, nothing. I, I forget how exactly the scoring was at that particular time, but that, that definitely was a huge play for that kid in the first half, because at that point the, George's offense looks futile. All of a sudden, he connects on a big one, and now they're in business. I said, w- watching that in real time, I when a minute.
1: like when he passed that, I was like, "Oh, that looks nice. That looks nice." It was Zach Pickens ready for. It. I was like, "Oh, great catch, nice. too." That was a dime. It was. It was a
2: perfect pass. Yeah.
0: So great pass, great catch. Yeah, it was a good pass, good catch. Um, towards the end, Alabama got a little sloppy, especially with a good old Kool Aid, with the um, with the pass interference, and then also um, early in the first half, they were they were already down John Meachie, who was already going to miss the game already, who was already out uh, due to injury, and then Jamison Williams, um, his knee buckled, and and that was and watching the I replay. Hey, <laughs> I, I mean you 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 hate you hate seeing that in the national championship game and you know if he would have been you know stayed healthy could have been you know a deciding factor because he already had like i think four catches for like 44 yards already in the first oh, yeah. half so um that could have been a deciding factor and but you know next man up and alabama did what they could with what they had but they fell short and the dogs, University of Georgia Bulldogs, they are the, the, the new national champions of college football. Well, B-Live, uh, that's it for college football, right? It's never
1: done and over with college football when it comes to your boy, the almighty be live There's always going to be something going on. But the chapter of 2021, 2022, we can close the book. And for the first time since 1980, and you still see the Paul for those that are watching on YouTube, you see the Paul for the first time since 1980. The Georgia Bulldogs out of Athens, Georgia, are your. National champions, and they deserve every bit of it. Yep. Congratulations to Georgia, and let me let me go ahead and get this out of the way because it's what I do. I ain't trying to hear the bullshit. Yes, you beat us earlier, but it took y'all a long time to get to the promised land. Can you repeat the process? Because I can see Georgia fans sounding like LSU. When LSU beat Clemson a couple years, a couple years ago, I'm saying what I say. Clemson will be back. Alabama will be back.
2: Georgia, I think Georgia will, too. I think they will, too.
1: Georgia, will you be back? Can you repeat success? I'm asking. And then
2: next year, you got to factor Pitt into the party. You know, they're going to be joining the party too. No, we do not. (laughs) Ladies and and gentlemen, by the way, I I do apologize ahead
1: of time because we've kept up the money man, Scotty D, well past his bedtime. so He's he's talking delirium right now. So I do apologize about that. We're going to put him to rest because he's talking about Pitt Panthers. (laughs) Why?
0: Um, How? Whatever. Oh man! Just looking
2: forward to next year. That's all. Just looking forward.
0: That too, man. I'm so surprised you said the reigning,
2: defending,
1: undisputed ACC
2: Yeah,
0: I was waiting for that. Tell tell them, Scott. There'll be time for that. There'll be time for that. It
2: it just feels a little hollow to to brag on that one right after Georgia becomes the national championship, uh, wins the national championship. So. But like you said, uh, I, I echo the congratulations for Georgia and their fans. It's been a long time coming for them, and head up Alabama. Tide will be rolling again next year. Another great season. Yeah,
0: Alabama reloaded. Alabama does they usually do, and finally Kirby Smart, the assistant, he defeats the teacher Nick Saban. All right, and with that being said, in one year. That's yep, two yep. in one year. Yep, that's twice. That's Jimbo twice Jimbo Fisher and Kirby Smart. Like, Yep, twice in one year. And I was also watching the ESPN Two Feet. Um, They had um, Jimbo Fisher in the film room with some of the players. And um, it was some pretty unique commentary. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty entertaining. Um, ESPN always has a way to, like, okay, there's the game, then there's the commentary or the supercast, whatever they call it. So they made it very, very interesting. All right, fellas, that's it for the college football season. Coming up next, some wildness, wackiness. The week that was a very entertaining week that was. 18 week 18 the first ever in the history of the national football league week 18 and it did not disappoint we'll talk about that coming up next on the sports bros podcast yes sir wow and what a national championship game that was nobody (laughs) cared
1: Whatever. I wish both teams could have locked. My, my bad. I'm hate. I'm so hate.
0: So 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 it was kind of like um, people were hoping for Oakland and L.A. for a tie. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, let's go.
1: Please let's go ahead and get into it, bro. Yeah. We got. it. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a tie. Here we go. All right. So here we go for the first time in the history of ever, the NFL gave us an 18th week of football. Right. The season finale. Of week 18 of the nfl season and there was a whole hell of a lot going on folks a whole hell of a lot going on of course i got a few questions question number one well actually the first question the only question all right it has some twists and turns and a few surprises what did you find the most interesting what did you find to be the most interesting development of this past weekend scotty d i'll start with you
2: well there's a wealth of them the one big obvious one B live alluded to I'll I'll, I'll pass out on here in just a moment. But the fact is the fact the fact of the matter that the Cowboys were somehow managed to move up out of that four seed because it seemed impossible that both the Rams and the Cardinals were going to lose on the same night, which was the only way the Cowboys are going to move out of that four spot. And that's what happened. The Rams are up 17 nothing game seasons over. They got the division. No problem. And what happened to that team? We criticized Matt Stafford because he's looked shaky here the last month of the season. Mm-hmm. But that's the defense that has multiple future Hall of Famers on it, and they couldn't hold that lead. Even at the end of the game, they were up seven with a couple minutes minutes ago and they couldn't stop Jimmy G who had the, the thing on his hand. He had a, a bad, bad web or thumb or something was going on there at the beginning of the game. Jimmy G looked terrible and then he kind of got into a groove as the game went on. And all of a sudden. That was going on while the Cardinals were blowing a lead, they were up late, too, and they blew a lead to Seattle in what might have been Russ Russell Wilson's last game to cook in Seattle and Pete Carroll's possible last game as the head coach of Seattle, whatever that happened, did not see that coming. As a Cowboy fan, I was rooting heavily for that because in the off chance the Cowboys actually win the playoff game in the first week on the Card weekend, that meant they were going to have to travel to Green Bay. And I'm convinced right now that traveling to Green Bay in this January, is going to end your season. I don't think anybody is going up there to win right now. That's that's the way I feel about it. And I especially don't trust my team, who blew out the Falcons in November only to lose the following week to Kansas City. They blew out Washington a few weeks ago only to lose the following week To the Cardinals, and now they blew out Philly this past week, and got another game coming. And I'm not trusting them to win this game against San Francisco. I hope, but if they do, then they'll have to face either the Buccaneers or Eagles. They don't have to go to Lambeau, and that to me would have been the the end of the Cowboys. You know, it might be anyway. Like I said, I'm not I'm not trusting the Cowboys because they beat up on the Eagles backups, but I thought that was an interesting development. I don't think it was the most interesting develop of the weekend though, be live. What do you think? Well, I I was definitely playing, um paying very close attention
1: to those games. And but easily I I'm I'm so hurt disappointed that because I needed this. I needed this in fantasy football. Oh, fantasy football. Canada, so. I, oh, here I we go. said what I said.
2: I, am, I was in... Your league had a championship today. in week 18, and yet it's your own fault. It should have been done the week before. Nobody, nobody has fantasy football championships at the, the last settings, week
1: That was the settings of the league I was in.
2: Okay, it talk about the weeks.
1: NFL, not, not the BFL. I was, hey, anyway, the <laughs> NFL directly correlates with my fantasy league because my man that got me all the way to the championship carried his team all on his back and was going to take them into the playoffs and we had them up there. They did the unthinkable and crapped the bed against the Jaguars. The Indianapolis Colts, what, what happened? Yeah. You, see me, you see me wearing all this orange. Understandably so, I do like Trevor Lawrence. But there's no way the Colts will lose this game. No way. way. No way. And miss the playoffs altogether. And that's what they did. And lost badly. It wasn't even close. Man, that Trevor Lawrence looking like he's the actual superstar that he should be. Colts, what happened? What happened? And now they are sitting at home. And when I speak of fantasy football, I'm speaking of Jonathan Taylor. And I mean he did he did something, but he did not yet he did not get in the end zone. It was just it was just, just mind-blowing. Cause just how sick are you quit? if you're a Colts fan, though? Yeah, yeah, that's unreal. Unreal. Here, I'm, I mean, I'm Jag- very sick. The Jaguar sick. fans are showing up in clown costumes. That shows you how much they <laughs> yeah. really gave a crap about that game. They were just there to shun the um, owner and the general manager. They were just there, and you did you find a way to lose this game against a bunch of clowns? They got oh, their number, boy. Um, Carson wins. I'm gonna go ahead and say this, bro. Oh, I think I think I think um, you 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 had a window. You had a you had a very wide window where you could have put yourself up to superstar. This might've been that like, he's going to be, he's going to be an NFL quarterback, Mm. but I think he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to be a journeyman, if he's like, but as far as him being that legit QB one for a team, I don't know. I think, I think at this point, the jury's out. And it's not going to bode well for one Carson Wentz.
2: Mm. I I think they're going to, I think he's going to be around again next year. Didn't he he come in on a two-year deal? (coughs) Or <coughs> have at least one more year left on this deal, I think. I, mean, I, I, I think
0: because again I think they're gonna keep him. The they're gonna
2: keep him because what else thing? do
0: they have a quarterback? What yeah. else do they have a quarterback? And the quarterback room, everybody's saying that the quarterback room
1: in the draft is very is not it's not what they, they, they this the there's not gonna be a number one um pick that's gonna be a quarterback. That's not gonna happen.
2: There's not a franchise changer anyway. No. Somebody right. you're gonna plug in and take the Colts to the next level. Mm-mm.
1: And so it, so, it is, yeah, I mean, it, people just, I was it, Sam, um, Sam Pittman, um, uh, what's the, Matt Corral, he got hurt. Yeah, so his, he got my, hurt. I fell a little bit. Um, what's my boy, Sam, uh, Do from um, North Carolina. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. See, Howell, yeah. I, I'm your college football guru, and I'm having trouble remembering these dudes. Kenny Pickett. I think the dude from Liberty, Malik. Um, yep. I see, uh, but yeah. Either way, come on, Colts. Carson Wentz, come, bruh. What really just, yeah, disappointing. I want to sorry, my, my girl Lindsay, my boss lady, and my side gig. She's a diehard Colts fan. I know she hurt. She's also an Ohio State fan, so she been hurt. But um, so and but I'm not hurt about that at all. I said what I said. But um, <laughs> Eddie, cool. What, what 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 was the game that? stood out to you week 18 in this wild and crazy week
0: yeah Yeah. what was your surprise the surprise i'll tell you what my surprise was it wasn't really a surprise but it didn't really have any playoff implications but the patriots losing to the dolphins And, and, and like i said what did i say a few episodes ago about the patriots I said they could run the table, but then there's that annual South Florida trip at the end of the season where they it doesn't turn out good for them because the last handful of times they went to South Florida at the end of the year, it hasn't been good. I don't know if it's a change in climate or temperature or what, but historically speaking, man, that trip to South Florida ain't been good. I mean, the Patriots had a chance to go 11-6, and six, but they wound up finish the season at 10-7. and seven. And uh, Rodney Cliff. Brent, my heart goes out to you guys, man. As Dolphins fans, because you start the season one and seven, you finish strong. Um, you finish above five hundred at nine and eight, fellas. Ain't that weird seeing records like nine and eight? I feel like we're in Canada. All yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: nine nine
0: and eight, and then um, I got more to say about the Dolphins in uh, a little bit later, but um, yeah, that's one of my um, kind of sort of not really surprises, you know, just. The um, the Patriots losing to the Dolphins because you know the Patriots could have gained some more ground and you know moved up a spot or two in the AFC, but it's like we're in, so that's good enough as they lose um, to the Dolphins. Eddie,
1: cool. If we could just a moment up because I, um, all three of those games were definitely shockers and surprises and left a lot to be desired. Mm. But one thing that we have to do, we have to do on this program. Um, especially um, in Scotty D's area of the world, we need to take a moment of silence for all the for the city of Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh Steelers fans across the world. It's a moment of silence to bring their blood pressure and their <laughs> back down. This is a quick, quick, pr- quick prayer for them because
2: USA. I'll tell you well, something, man, man, you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you something. That was a crazy situation. <laughs> uh, what? I could he, been- the, the irony could have, could have been through the roof. The fact that the Steelers were such a long shot because they had to go on the road and beat Baltimore, had to go into overtime, had to extend the game with the fourth and eight, because if they don't get it and they tie, they are out. Not only that, but they had to have the aforementioned Jaguars beat the Colts. And then when all that's accomplished, all you have to do on Sunday night is have either team win. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> wow. Any, anybody just they, can, they can't tie. They cannot can tie. 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 And if and you they tie, got... then you get eliminated. And they were two seconds away from tying. And the Raiders <laughs> were content to tie until till uh, the Chargers called a timeout and and they regrouped and ran that. Third and four play for twelve yards, and then kicked the field goal. They were gonna, they were gonna do it. They were gonna go ahead and take the tie because if you're the Raiders, why bother putting anything else at risk? You know, why why bother lining up for a fifty some yard field goal, maybe getting a blocked, missed, and then have then losing that game? A tie, a tie. is good
1: enough. A, tie, yeah. good a enough. tie gets both teams in. A tie would have gotten the Chargers <laughs> and the Raiders in, and, and Pittsburgh after everything <laughs> that they went through in Week eighteen would have been out of the playoffs. So, their game was – wasn't their game a 1 o'clock game? Pittsburgh, yes. Yeah, the The Steel game was a 1 o'clock game. So, they had to intently watch football all the way (laughs) into the midnight (laughs) hour. Wow. (laughs) Bro, you cannot write this story. You can't make this up. I said this game is going to end up in a –
2: was a roller coaster. It was, I, I mean, how many times did the Chargers lose that game in regulation? They're down 15. Then they have a fourth down and 10, and the receiver catches how? the ball on the line. They mark it short and come back from commercial and give him the first down. And then they convert a fourth and 21 for a touchdown? How, mean, many,
1: how many um, fourth down receptions did the Chargers have? How many fourth down passes did Justin Herbert throw that game?
2: on that game tying drive uh, he didn't complete anything on first second or third down it was fourth and du- fourth and 10 fourth and 9 and he converted five of them i believe it including was... one with 2 seconds left in the game
0: i think i saw a stat where he went 6 for 6 for like 106 on that on where he had what he was on like third or fourth down or whatever like hey, think about it 6 yeah. for 6 100 and pl- 100 some plus yards on that do or die down I mean, he'd be a stud in Canada if that was the case. And, <laughs> and so, it, took um,
2: him, it took him 19 plays for that final drive because God, they just man. kept going all the way to fourth down. It took him 19 plays to get down there.
1: And um, I want to also, Scott, you, you mentioned, because I didn't catch the um, post-game conference, but you're saying that in the post-game conference, the um, Raiders did mention that they were going to run out the clock?
2: They said that they were talking about it. Basatya, uh, who's, you know, who's in for took over for Gruden was asked about it. And he said, we were discussing that. And then the Chargers coach said, well, I wanted to get my personnel in the game, which my, my well, you don't have to call timeout to do that. I, I don't, I'm not sure why he said that. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it was strange that they took the timeout. Even, you know, Collinsworth mentioned at the time, like, Oh, this is a bit of a surprise that the Chargers took the time out here. I don't know if they were thinking like long regulation times, hoping to they were going to get a get a ball back if they missed a field goal. I, I'm not sure what what their thinking was. I, I would well, tend to think the, that would be the thinking, but nobody's Chargers, ever been in that position before. Right, oh. right. The,
1: the Chargers coach he said he said I do remember this. He did say that he wanted to make the field goal longer. He wanted to make he the did. field goal a little yep. bit more difficult. Right. So I get that part. I get it somewhat, but. And I'm going to go ahead and say this because, again, it comes back to fantasy football. It comes back to me. Because um, in that final game, I had Josh Jacobs, running back. Boom. Mm-hmm. Do your thing. My guy that I'm going against had Daniel Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> I lost. Because they just – Because
2: he, Daniel he Carson, kept taking field goals.
1: Jesus Christ. I'm just like – I think he Ruh. kicked five. Yep, five. Five of them. Five of them. And I'm over here like you just give one of those field goals, make that a touchdown for Josh Jacobs. I win, but it is what it is. Chris, congratulations. Um, um, kiss my um rear end and whatever. But man, I was that game pins and needles to Pittsburgh Steeler Nation. <laughs> terrible time. Good lord, that is what a way to get into the playoffs.
2: And what a fun end of the season. I mean yeah, that was fun. You were B Live and I were texting back and forth during the game. I, and a couple other people were texting in with me. I I kept saying it feels like the Raiders were doing everything they could everything. to lose that game. Trying to lose the game and uh and, and they pulled it out. It was just it was this a crazy, even you know, Al Michaels and Collins were they're like their minds were blown by every every turn of event. It was such an eventful game. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a boring game where, Mm -hmm. you you know, neither team won. It it was, it was, it was very, very entertaining way to finish the season. The the,
1: best part of their commentary was the fact that you could clearly tell. And Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth are two of the most decorated, most tenured color commentators in all of anything. Mm -hmm. And they literally did not know how to talk. Like it was one of the, what do you do
2: in this situation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: like what? I I don't know. And this, they,
2: like it, they it, were having a blast. You could tell yeah. they were oh, having yeah.
1: fun with that. it. Was oh great. my god, I loved it. And to whoever, the, I guess the competition committee for the NFL, or whoever's in charge of flexing, it's yeah, So That was by yeah.
0: far. That was a great call.
1: Ending of the twenty twenty one. N.F.L. regular season that by far yep. the best way to end it
2: and yep. what a spark to that rivalry i mean going forward next year all oh, the chargers are gonna be so Ooh. mad at eight because if they would have taken that knee and we're going into playoffs, oh man yeah it was it was, it was awesome
0: well fellas it, it was good to see the uh afc west being competitive like all that, like a whole division being competitive so move right yep. along, fellas. Here we go. Playoffs. The playoffs are here, all right? And so here are the matchups, all right? Over in the being played on Saturday, uh, the 15th. Over in the AFC, we have the wild card game. We have the aforementioned Las Vegas Raiders against Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Road game for the, um, for the Raiders. And then we have the Patriots at the Bills. All right, fellas. Who you picking and why? Yeah. I Go ahead, b less
1: I got to go both of these games right here. I got to go with the home team because they're the two hotter teams. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas is on a roller coaster of emotion. And just, I mean, they could have a way of winning this game. But I just think, I think Oakland's defense is their Achilles. And I think Joe Burrow will eat them alive. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be high scoring. It's gonna. I think Joe Burrow put up another four hundred yards against them. Mixon Dixon gonna do his thing. Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati definitely takes this one. And then Buffalo trending up. Patriots trending down. I think, and it's in Buffalo. Buffalo, you know how you know. Bill's mafia is going to show up and show up in force
0: and break so tables. One, they're going to break he, tables.
1: I know you yeah. don't, you, you, Bill tape, but I just, I just, don't, yeah, I, I think that the Patriots are just not—they're not clicking the way they have been in recent, um, before um, December slash January. So
2: their their rookie quarterback has been looking a little bit more rookie-like lately. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo, last time the Patriots were in town, lost that game where they didn't pass, where the Patriots didn't pass. They, two weeks later, they went to New England and beat them up there. They righted that wrong. I think at this point, Buffalo has all the confidence, momentum. I agree. I think they win. I think Josh Allen will carry that team. And I, I agree with the Bengals as well. I, Raiders on a short week going cross country to a team that got to basically rest some of their their guys this past week. I, the Bengals to me turned a corner against Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, so I, I like them both home teams in that one. Yep,
0: because at the beginning of the season we did not pick Cincinnati to win that division. Um, a quick note, fellas, um, weather for the Bills and the Patriots: uh, the tip cold, cold. It's going to be uh, fifteen, <laughs> yeah, fifteen degrees in the daytime, seven degrees at night. That, that, that's, not, that's No, not seven. Yeah, that's not be. even. That's not. Oh.
2: <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's brutal
0: it's going to be a absolute and, and Bill's Mafia don't care they don't care they'll be they'll be they ch- at their chest naked going through tables starting fires drinking liquor oh, they're cutting up they're going to be cutting up all right moving seven. on yeah oh well yeah with the seven at night all right moving right along oh. to the Sunday slate we got the we got JR's Eagles um who got molly mollywhopped by Scottie D's Cowboys 50 burger um we got the Eagles at Tampa Bay and then on at 4:30 we have the 49ers at Scotty D's Dallas Cowboys and then we have the Steelers at the Chiefs and we got us a Monday playoff game fellas the Cardinals at the Rams Scotty D what say you first
2: Bucks that's <laughs> not much to say beyond that Bucks give me the Bucks um, Chiefs don't have much to say about that one give me the Chiefs uh, I I'm really torn. I, you know, I want to pick the Cowboys cause they're my team. I think if they can get to Jimmy G and put some pressure on him, I think they can win. I can think they can force some bad throws. They're favored only by three. It's only a hometown, uh, home field point spread. You know, there's a lot of weapons on San Francisco. They really looked, looked good in the second half against the Ram. Uh, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Cowboys only because I love them. And uh, I am having a hard time being objective here, but I am not convicted on it. You know, I think the Cowboys can find that extra gear, but they just don't for what, for whatever reason. And I think I I kind of think I like the Cardinals on, on Monday night. I've been big on the Rams all year up until like the last two weeks. I kept thinking the Rams are going to be fine. Even when they had some not so good games, you know, it took a last second win at at the Ravens and then uh, they backed into their division. Both teams lost last week. I'm not super confident on the Cardinals either. They just lost three out of four. Their only game they won was, or four, they lost four out of five, I think, and beating the Cowboys last weekend. But uh, it, I, I don't give the Steelers any chance of beating Kansas City, and I don't give the Eagles any chance of beating Tampa Bay. Be live.
1: I'm going to do something that uh, unprecedented. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to explain why. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way before I even go into this. JR, shut the hell up. <laughs> so I'm going to get that out of the way. He's, he's, a, he's an avid <laughs> listener. And I, I'm allowed to say that we've been best friends for over 20, 20 plus years. I think we're closing in on the um, quarter, quarter century. I think we are.
0: Yep.
1: So, and um, we're planning a trip to Vegas this year for our 40th. So, um, but I, I want to go ahead and get that out of the way. So, for the other listeners, I'm not that savage. I'm not that, well, there is Uncle Max, but it But then there's also... trick. You know what? I am just a savage. I do what I do. Anyway, um, I'm going to do something unprecedented. Sunday and Monday games, I'm taking all road teams. I'm not confident. I'm not confident in Tom Brady and the way the Tampa Bay is playing. Yes, you can look good against a Carolina Panthers team that does not play second-half football. But I think... The cohesion. I think the um, what's what's, what's that called? Um, the 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 timing between him and his um, wide receivers. Mm. I think that he has to he has to depend very heavily on um Gronk. I think that Philadelphia might have an answer for that. Philadelphia also has the means and the ways of slowing down the football game. That would hamper Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay does really well when they're on when they're on the field a lot. They're off on, on the offensive side of that. Tom Brady will find a way. But JR, I'm gonna go with your Eagles this one time.
0: Okay. All I'm gonna give
1: things. you a one time for the one time. If they blow it, then guess what? This is your one time, and you never get it again. I said what I said. San mm. Francisco, I think. On this, this is why I think the emotion is actually going to be good for the team. I think, I love, I absolutely love what San Francisco is doing with Debo Sam. That dude is the truth. Put, they put and, him everywhere, everywhere. And it's, man, it is very, very hard to stop him. I, I, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think San Francisco pulls it out. Pittsburgh, emotion. I did not like the way Kansas City played against Denver. They eat that one out, and that was with a game-changing um, fumble return. Mm-hmm. Denver was handling Kansas City. They looked human. And then um, Arizona, Los Angeles. Los Angeles does not look like the team that they should be on paper. Arizona, let's see what you could do. Um, it's going to be interesting um, without D Hop. But I think, I th- isn't there rumors that um, um, JJ Watt might be back?
0: Yep, he might be back. Yep. So
1: I don't know. I, just, I feel like that, that's my decision, right? Now. Eddie Cool, what say you?
0: All right, so let's see. Um, start with the Saturday games. I'm picking the Bengals because they're the Bengals and Joe Burrow plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, the second wild card game at night, I'm going to pick the Bills because they're at home and it's going to be cold as hell. Uh <laughs> the Sunday games, let's see what we got here, what we got right here. Um, for some strange reason I cannot bet against Tom Edward Patrick Gerald Carmichael Brady the <laughs> third. I I can't, I don't want to be made look silly. Um, then we got Scatdies Cowboys and the 49ers. Um, Zeke got to figure something out real quick. Um, the emergence of Cedric Wilson might play into their favor, but then again, Debo Samuels, you can't rule, rule him out because he'll either be throwing it, catching it, running it, or doing something with the ball. So um, I'm going to, but then again, I'm going to have to roll with Dallas because, you know, Dallas is at home. And um, with the wild card, with the Steelers and the Chiefs, I'm going to have to go Kansas City because they're at home and they really don't lose at home that much. And Monday, uh, spoiler alert, the Cardinals, because the Rams have been up and down. They've been up and down. So, and that's who. So, so is the Cardinals. They haven't had. They haven't been consistent. Right.
2: But yeah. it's just, I, the the Rams just have not. I'm changing me. my pick. I, I'm going with the Rams. I can't. I can't turn my back on the team I picked for the Super Bowl okay. to lose in in the first one. I'm. I, they got to. They got to pull oh, they he's, gotta he's, he's, it he, out. They got to figure out. They got to He's right. making
1: decisions on emotions and ego. Here he go.
0: He's
2: flipping. I, I I, I done not flip. I didn't on the
1: Bucks, and I had them in the Super Bowl. I'm flipping each shit. Wow! Like I don't, I don't. Hey, my ego. I cast that aside. You know how much I like to be right, but shoot.
2: Yeah. Okay. Again. Well, listen. Uh, overall, we all three picked Kansas City in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. preseason. All three of us did. You guys both picked on the them. Buccaneers, and I picked and I picked the Rams. Wh- who do we think now going into the playoffs? Who be live? Who are your two Super Bowl teams? If you say right now, who do you think is going to come out of this? I'm telling you, right. and I I, I mentioned it. I mentioned it. I don't know if it was last episode or episode
1: before. I really believe, like I believe, in the Tennessee Titans. I if they, I'm telling you, if Derrick Henry is even like 75, percent that just gives them an added bonus, and just it's just I feel like they can do it. I think Tennessee. And Cincinnati right now are the best two teams in the AFC. NFC is, man, is a who's who. But I honestly, I'm going Tennessee versus Green Bay in the Super Bowl. I'm going over the number one seeds. It hasn't happened there forever. But I think I agree. They,
2: I'll take the Packers. I think the Packers win it all.
1: I think in the, I, extra, yeah, the extra game is going to take a toll. You really, yep. really need that bye week. And I think Tennessee yep. and Green Bay are going to benefit from it.
2: I'm I can't I can't bet on Saturday. Tannehill. I said I can't bet on Tannehill. I'm taking the Bills. Bills and Packers. All right. So that leaves me. Um Packers Chiefs,
0: Super Bowl. Packers Chiefs in the Super Bowl.
1: They're gonna ride Mahomes in that five hundred million dollar contract all the way.
0: All right. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. Yep. I'm gonna ride it all the way to the bank.
1: And now, our favorite part of the show, The Choices of the
0: Voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever-so-loving Miss Button for introducing our favorite portion of the show, The Choices of the Voices. We ask the question, you give us the answer, and we discuss it right here on the Sports Bros Podcast. Scotty D, what's the question for
2: this week's Choices of the Voices? All right, so in the theme of John Madden just re- had, having recently passed away and getting a lot of flowers from a lot of people, we asked, who do you think was the all-time Madden Offensive Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. And um, we had a few a few cool responses here, Eddie, We'll read them off just to see what we got here. All right, let's see what
0: we got going on here. A, a short list, but a good list, all right? Um, Jim Hansen, he says Barry Sanders on offense and Lawrence Taylor on defense.
2: Two pretty good ones during the Madden era, no doubt. Yep, can I? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, pretty much left everything out on the field. I just... I wish we could have saw more of Barry Sanders. Yeah. Really wish we could have saw more of them. Detroit, do better. To something. Good Lord. To be a Detroit fan ever at any given point in time. Tristan, but, my bad, bro.
0: Good Lord. I'm just saying, I, I feel you. Ford, sell D- the damn team. Give it to somebody that's going to do something. I don't know what you got going on. Beautiful stadium, but what are you doing?
2: Plus, well, back then, CBS and, we're, and Fox were rotating every other year with the uh, – the Lions at one o'clock, the Cowboys at four o'clock. So Madden saw Barry Sanders every other year on Thanksgiving, too. It was the reason to watch the Lions on Thanksgiving for the for several years.
0: Yeah. All right. Moving right along. Uncle Max, the Hall of Famer. What's going on, buddy? He says he loved talking about Brett Favre. All right. Once I heard him say that Brett Favre was a quarterback with a linebacker mentality. On the other side of the ball, he said Ronnie Lott was the hardest-hitting defensive back in all of football. You get near him, and boom, you're going to pay. So Uncle Max said, oh, yeah. far oh, off yeah. offense and Ronnie Perfect. Lott on Two defense. perfect
2: answers right there. Perfect Madden-type players. Yep. He loved those hard-nosed, hardcore guys like that. He loved those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, on. Ronnie Lott cut his finger off so he wouldn't miss a game. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: got to go play cut this thing off i don't it's a pinky i don't need it and he still got an interception (laughs) yeah something else all right the birthday boy himself maddie ice martin tracy he says this is the perfect video madden as a color man covering this great matchup that epitomizes uh, madden what madden loves about players um and i think i've seen i saw i saw a little bit of the video And I think it featured Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis just beating up and Jerome Bettis. And Jerome Bettis, yeah. So he selected uh, Ray Lewis and Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis was just big and just ran over everybody. Yep, I I like
2: it. I like it. Large, large.
0: All right, trade deals gave us this large, long paragraphical answer, but I'm gonna just do cliff
2: notes. Yeah, do cliff notes on it.
0: Well, I have. Well, I have some cliff and barely notes he said larry <laughs> allen right he said larry allen the best offensive lineman and a tough as hell hard-nosed grown-ass man you're right about that um and i've never heard john madden get more excited when larry allen chased down a guy half his size from behind after he caught an interception that's where my notes stopped so um we're gonna roll with larry allen
2: did trey will give us one on defense no, but he did say why do we have to lose John Madden, Betty White, and Dan Reeves, but Dak Prescott is still wandering around. I <laughs> knew it. I knew it. <laughs> we need Dak this, uh, this Sunday. Come on, Dak.
0: Yeah. Make me and yeah. Trey
2: happy. Make us happy.
0: Hey, Trey, hey, Trey Dizzle, if you listen to the podcast, um, I may have a Tony Romo football card that I know that you're interested Ooh. in. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Moving right along, the guy that gave us the idea for this week's choice of the Voices, Reese Jenkins. If you see this logo right here, you need some artwork, Holler at him, all right? All right, he said, he gave me a few of them. I said, Reese, just give me one offense, one defense, because he because <laughs> he gave me a list this long. I said, hey, 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 do the time constraints for cutting it short, all right? He said, Jim Brown, Brown's uh, running back, all right? And then he said on defense, Deion Sanders. So Jim Brown and Deion Sanders.
2: With all okay, Madden's I mean G- Jim Brown. Jim Brown was uh, obviously playing before Madden was a commentator, mm-hmm. but he's he was the man among among boys out there. So uh, he would be a perfect All Madden type player, mm-hmm. and uh, who was his defensive? Oh, Dion. Yep, Deion yeah, Deion's Sanders. on all anybody team. <laughs> yeah, hey, all, all, yeah, all anything, all anybody. Because yeah. in
0: the words, of Deion Sanders, when you look good, you play good, you smell good, you feel good, you eat good, you do good. You know what I'm saying? Coach Prime, baby. 105 and prime, 21st and prime.
2: All right, here we go.
0: All right, and um uh Kyle Ponting. I <laughs> met him the other day, and he um he gave me his offensive answer, but I forgot. I should have written it down. But for defense, he said John Lynch. Um, as an all-man oh, player, hard because, hitter. Yeah, because John Lynch was a hard hitter. And I try to get in contact with Kyle to get his offensive answer, but I think uh, he didn't text me back. Maybe he's busy. So uh yep, he said on defense, John Lynch. And you can't debate all right, we'll put it, we'll
2: put Kyle down for Emmett Smith. We'll put Emmett Smith down
0: for him. <laughs> yep, yep, we'll put oh, boy. We'll, we'll put we'll, we'll put him down for Emmett Smith. Hey, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't mind it. So uh yeah. So shout yeah. out to Jim Hansen, Uncle Max, Matty Ice, Trey Dizzle, Reese, and Kyle for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, all Madden team. Tough acting in interaction. Boom! who
2: you got? Uh, I had to pick for a defensive player. For him, it, it was Reggie White. Because mm-hmm. Reggie White, I can't even remember it. Remember Reggie White used to do that kind of club move when his right arm, just kind of toss offensive linemen out of the way. I, John, you know, John Madden used to eat that kind of stuff up. Mm-hmm. And Reggie White was absolutely in his prime. During the during the Madden era, even leaving the Eagles, going to the to Green Bay and being kind of their missing piece that got them over the top. Yep. So I'm going Madden, uh, uh, Reggie White for all Madden defense, and while I think Brett Favre might be the epitome of the John Madden offensive player, I, w- I want to throw Nate Newton out there because John Madden loved offensive linemen. He gave mm-hmm. offensive linemen more credit and more attention than probably any announcer ever did before and. And he used to do all the circling with all those Cowboys offensive line. He'd circle their butts and show them how they were sweating down and, (laughs) you know, crouched down (laughs) in the trenches and and all that stuff. And him and Nate Newton had a good relationship. You know, he Mm -hmm. really hit it off with Nate Newton. They even talked about that a little bit in that documentary on Christmas Day. But Nate Newton was kind of, you know, he was the epitome of the the grinder of the Cowboys offensive line. He was, you know, very, you know, had a very high rep. Reputation in the early 90s. So I'm um, going Nate Newton Reggie White for my all mad and all time. How about you, B Live?
1: I'm Scotty D because um after reading and hearing the answers um on the show, I may have misunderstood the assignment. I was because I was going in a different direction than what the other um guys, um, other listeners did with this. Because I was thinking of players that epitomized what. John Madden style, but I was thinking more of a more modern
2: era. Go ahead. That's fine. That's that's Ooh, fine. Go yeah. ahead. Okay, I, so, I've, I've heard a little bit of that talked about too recently. Like this would have been an all Madden type of player. So let's I'd like to hear that actually. All right. So I so the, um, so I was thinking about it the whole
1: time I'm like I may I may need to switch my answer. But you know what? I'm gonna do what I do yeah, the that. way I do it. So offensive side of the ball it has to be my dude. Asian 89 ice up son Steve Smith Sr. When I tell you somebody that played much bigger than he was at, he actually was, he took on all challenges. I think um John Madden just he he epitomizes just what John Madden's all about, just mean, angry, plays tough, just and we'll get at it. And I, I want to see him in the Hall of Fame. First ballot. Steve Smith has got to happen. And it was a bit where he, oh, he does not like Baker Mayfield. By the way, just want to throw that out there.
0: <laughs> oh boy, here we go. He
1: does. He does not like Baker Mayfield. I wish I could pull this up. Oh boy, that's that's Ooh. him.
0: That's Colin Cowherd. Anybody else don't like Baker? I can fight. I can fight five guys in the city that don't like him right now. But
1: <laughs> oh, man, but yeah, Steve Smith is that dude on the offensive side of the ball. Love watching them play. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to shock some people because I'm not normally one to promote anything about um, this team because they have a bar in literally every city in the United States. So there's really no need to promote anybody from this team. Here we go. And yes, I'm talking about Here we, Steelers. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere everywhere you freaking go. No offense to Oscars, by the way. The wings, if you haven't had mm-hmm. Oscars wings, you're missing out on life. Just want to throw that out
0: there. Oh my God. You're missing out on life.
1: But when it comes on the defensive side of ball, I'm going with Troy Palomalo. I'm just uh, I can where see that. at what point at what at any point um any place on the field was there not a place that Troy Palomalo hadn't been at? He no. is all over the field, jumping over the line, hair, yeah. head, and shoulders everywhere. Just and he will lay you out, man. I I, I really enjoy watching them play. Like really, he wasn't like, afraid it, to hit. Nope. God am And so that that was like that was my idea. Just two just two mean, just nasty dudes. Yeah, and just. And just, I, I just – that was what I epitomized. Like, um, Barry Sanders was up there for me. Reggie Wright was definitely up there for me. I, w- I was looking at something more modern that maybe, like, John Madden didn't feature the All-Madden team later on in his career. And I'm just like, these dudes would be on that team. And so that, that's where I go with Steve Smith Sr. and
0: Troy Palomar. Eddie cool. what you got? What you got for us? Yes, sir. Since we're um, in the Steel City um – a player on defense that epitomizes <laughs> all Madden, the guy they called Debo before Debo Samuels came into the league, the guy that was a truck driver turned middle linebacker turned one of the best to ever do it, James Harrison. James Harrison of the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Harrison was mean, was nasty, was strong. I ain't going to lie to you. I think he can still play now, to be honest with you. James Harrison could still play now. And James Harrison was that guy, man. He, he would hit you and hit you for real. And it was no joke. When James Harrison hit you, you knew he was on the field. He had to be accounted for. And if you didn't account for him, you paid for it. And he was a Madden-type player because Madden loved them, like you said, mean, nasty. Physical boom hitting all over the place. That's on defense. And on the offensive side of the ball, it's been mentioned earlier. I would have to say Larry Allen because Larry Allen was a mountain of a man. He was quick. He was agile. And he would move the bodies from one place to the other. Don't believe me, ask him at smith. All right. Yeah, Larry Allen was no joke. He's one of the best old linemen to ever do it. Just just a just just a big mass mountain. Of a man, Scotty D. You've seen um, him for plenty of years. You know what I'm talking about. He's just big, just large, just oh, large. Yeah. Like I think there's oh, a. a yeah.
1: What do you do as a uh, five foot eleven, 190 pound defensive back when you see 73 on the second level? Like, what do you do? You you
0: get the <laughs> hell out <laughs> of the
1: way. You're, you're, your life decision. flashes before your eyes. Yeah. Seeing that dude and how quick he is, I'm like. His right bicep weighs more than most stricken. <laughs> most strong,
0: beating.
1: yeah. Jesus, just, you just yeah. um. Hey, coach, man, I'm gonna go ahead and come out the game. This ain't working <laughs> out for me. Yeah, yeah I, just, I'll be, I'll be back when when we play the Eagles. When we yeah. play the, the Redskins.
0: I'll be good. I'll be good because he's not yeah. finna bust me up twice here and embarrass me. That's, that's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna be on no highlight reels 20 years from now. Like, I'm not gonna be Eric Allen and I'm no, 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 no. If I'm yeah. Eric Allen, oh no, I don't want nothing to do with this. No, none whatsoever. Like it's bro. one of those things
1: like Josh Norman will never come back ever as the same person because he got bodied by Derrick Henry with that. This is this this See, there's no coming
0: back from that. You can have
1: <laughs> no, like, but yeah, Larry Allen, good, little, yeah,
0: that, yeah, um, I'm with you on that, definitely with you on that. And I think speaking of Derek Henry, I think Derek Henry would have been a lot, been a um, an All man player as well too. Oh hit a lot, of yeah, room. oh, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: God almighty. yeah, he, the he, rum, the rum, the rum, I bet he, lo- I bet he loved watching Derek Henry play. That's his yeah. type of player for sure. He probably he be. W-
0: be- w- he probably said to me. Oh man, look Mar- there! Boom,
2: huh? How about
0: Marshawn Lynch? He would have loved him too. He would. He would have loved ah. him. He would have loved Mike Allstar. He would have loved um, any any big bruiser backs. He, he would have loved them. Yeah, that's John. That's John. Max. Emmett
2: Smith. He would have yep. loved.
0: Yep. I mean, he he probably would have loved. He probably would have loved, loved Emmitt Smith too. I mean, Emmett was tough. Moose it was,
2: Johnson.
0: Yep. Moose Johnson didn't Emmett Smith play with a separated shoulder on one game?
2: Yep. He sure did. did. Yeah, so single handedly beat the Giants.
0: Yeah, with what a, what a, what a, what a, what one wing, one wing, one wing angel. Shout out to Kenny Omega. But,
1: but one but one dude has, has a bum ankle and can't play. I'm sorry, my bad, my bad.
0: His ass ain't sh- got I, no bum I, ankle, be like him, him,
1: him, him that shall not be named. I apologize. There's two <laughs> people that I'm not going to mention on the show ever again. So I, I apologize. I, I ain't doing ain't I'm not giving them the time. The, the, I swear for the Lord. Whew. -mm. All right, cool. Bring it back. Anyway,
0: anyway.
2: He's talking about Antonio Brown. (laughs) All
0: right, Scotty D, with that. All right, with that being said, that's another edition of the choices of the voices. And Scotty D, what's on tap for next week? Choices of the voices.
2: Okay, we're going into the playoffs. We kind of did our playoff predictions. I'm gonna just give them a choice this week of the two Super Bowl teams from last year, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Who is more likely to get back to the Super Bowl this year and why? Now, don't pick Packers and Titans. They weren't in there last year. Listen to the question of the teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. Which is more likely? I know a couple of you have already violated it. We haven't done it yet. Which is more (laughs) likely to get back this year? For the second year in a row from last year to this year, that's the question. Bucks or Chiefs most likely to go back to the Super Bowl this year? And any cool that'll give us a little something to talk about next week.
1: In other Trey words, Dizzle, Trey Dizzle just violated that before you even asked the question. <laughs> that was an automatic walking violation. Trey Dizzle is going to violate that. I guarantee you. <laughs> so, Without so, question.
0: So, so, to break it down in layman's terms, them two teams played the Super Bowl last year which one of them going back this year
2: between them? Which one is is most likely, even if you don't believe it, that they are going, which is more likely than the other. And why do you feel that way? That'll give us something to talk about. All
0: right. And shout out to uh, Reese Jenkins for giving us a topic to talk about for the Choices of the Voices. And if you think you have a topic that's worthy of discussion on the Choices of the Voices, let us know via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, let us know, let us know, because guess what? we could be reading your question on the next edition of the Choices of the voices, just like we did with Reese's. And with that being said, there's been another edition of the choices of the voices. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. Well, up you heard a it woman. It's time for us to go home and get the hell up out of here because we tired. We don't watch the football game. We done talked about more football. This is a very football-heavy episode. But nevertheless, it's time for us to go home and get the hell out of here. We got a round of pepper before we go. We're going to give it to you. Three topics, rapid-fire style, kind of, sort of, not really, here to engage, enlighten, and entertain, as we do here at the Sports Bros Podcast. And, of course, I'll go first, all right? On this day in history, back in 1959, the ninth annual Pro Bowl, all right, back in the NFL, before the merger, before way back then, The Eastern Conference defeats the Western Conference, 28 to 21. And the MVPs are Frank Gifford, if that name sounds familiar. That's right. Kathy Lee Gifford's ex-husband, old husband. Uh, He was running back for the New York Giants. It was a big deal back in the day. And Doug Atkins, defensive end for the Chicago Bears. So, yeah, MVPs of the ninth annual Pro Bowl. They played it at this point in the season. Crazy to think about. Now everything's shuffled around with an extra week, but nevertheless, we get football, football, and more football.
2: Over to you, Scotty D. Okay, a little bit of break from football and into some golf. Cameron Smith won the Hero World Challenge at Kapalua Plantation with a 34-under as a score. These guys might have been it on putt putt because he only beat John Ron by one stroke at 33 under. I saw uh, Justin Thomas shot a 61 over the weekend. They just got out there throwing darts. So it's obviously not the most difficult course, but still, it's a it, that's a fun tournament to see him go that low. Uh, but one thing I'm going to attack on, in addition to last week's prediction, they interviewed Brooks Kepka and he said he's not felt this good in years. I am predicting Brooks Kepka is going to win at least one major this year. If he's healthy and inspired, I still think he might be the best golfer in the world. And remember, he was inspired when he played head to head with his boy, um, um, Bryson DeChambeau, Bryson, Bryson Deshambeau a couple weeks ago, and he, and he knocked his socks off. So I think a Brooks Kepka that's inspired and healthy is a dangerous Brooks Kepka. I'm picking him to win one, maybe two. I'm going to pick him to win two majors. That's what I'm doing right now, this year in 2022. Be live. Over to you. Mark it down. Brooks Kepka winning two majors. Two majors. Oh, boy. All right, all right.
1: Well, I'ma make the switch a little bit from football to basketball because this was actually a it was a feel-good story and a little, a little sadness as well in this though. Because injuries are part of professional sports, and you hate to see, you really do hate to see. But we spoke of it last week with Clay Thompson returning to the court to a red hot. Golden State team that, I mean, it's only going to get better. But unfortunately, during pregame warm-ups, Draymond Green suffered a calf injury before the game started. But So he was going to be out of the game. But since it was Klay Thompson's first game back, Draymond Green said he was going to be on the court for the tip-off to be there with his teammate for his first game back. And then when the, the gameplay started, Draymond Green committed a foul. They took him out of the game. But he said he was not missing that moment to be on the floor with K. Thompson returning. Man, oh, man, if that ain't if – that, if that doesn't speak teammate, mm-hmm. I don't know what does. Draymond Green, I hope you get better, bro. Man, Golden State – I think they're gonna they're gonna win it all. I just have a feel that the way they're just gelling, I don't see how you can stop this team. Any no cool,
0: argument here? The ball. I've been telling people wait till Clay come back, and he oh and he's back ducking on people, mean mugging, got a full beard. Yeah, you better watch out for Clay Thompson. All right, uh, my second pepper point is a little throwback to a previous segment that we had in the show. We were talking about Black Monday where coaches got fired. Um. Yeah, Brian, Brian Flores, he got fired. But from, according to Michael Lombardi, um, an NFL reporter, he says, look out for Jim Caldwell being under strong consideration for the Miami Dolphins job. The last time we saw Jim Caldwell, he went nine and seven in Detroit, and he unceremoniously got bounced and got replaced by Captain Caveman. I, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> Matt Patricia. And we see how that turned out now they got dan campbell in the knee biters and they won two games all year but in the words of the almighty be lie, i digress all right this is pretty sensical because jim caldwell he's already familiar with the dolphins organization because he was as an assistant under flores back in 2019 as an assistant coach and a quarterback coach but a few months into the job he had to wind up taking a leave of absence due to health issues issues and from the looks of it, it seems like jimbo is doing pretty good um this should be a smooth transition because there's a familiarity there and um miami if you don't get one gym you got another gym that's worthy of another shot so um go ahead and hire jim caldwell and just make it do it and and do right by the man do right by the man i can't believe i still can't believe to this day that jim caldwell lost his job to Captain Damn Caveman. Over to you, Scotty D.
2: <laughs> That's never sat right with you. I, I understand. No,
0: no. It's just, and he already looking dirty, <laughs> dusty. He ain't washed his ass in a year. He's just looking <laughs> dusty. You're not supposed to look dusty as an NFL coach. You're supposed to have a look? He look like, well, I'm going to just get up. I might brush my teeth, eat an egg sandwich, scratch my butt, and oh, yeah, I'm an NFL coach. Get the hell out of here. Over to you, Scotty D. <laughs>
2: All right, so uh, as we're wrapping up the the college ball season, uh, Bill, I want you to do me a favor and and go back and look and tell me the 19th on January first, nineteen twenty one, the Rose Bowl game. Tell me what the score of that game was. It was actually back then called the East-West football game, but it was actually the seventh Rose Bowl game. Do you see a score for that one? Yes, I do. I have, if I'm not
1: mistaken, looks like I have the University of California Golden Bears 28 and (laughs) the Ohio State Buckeyes with a goose egg 0 28 to nothing on January 1st 1921
2: California Golden Bears dominated Ohio State to finish 9-0 now 100 years ago which is one year later tell me that score the following year on on 1922 Oh, right.
1: uh, the the following year. Yeah, yeah. 1922. Okay, nineteen twenty-two. 1922. Oh boy. <laughs> um, the University of California, Golden Bears, and the uh, Washington and Jefferson. Um, I don't even know, but it was a scoreless affair. Zero zero, to zero,
2: zero. Washington Jefferson is a college located right here in Washington, Pennsylvania that I drive past on the way to school every day. And in that year, they had an enrollment of 450 people. They drove days across the country in a train to take on this powerhouse, California Golden Bears. who only the year prior destroyed Ohio State in in that game. Not only did they they travel cross-country, they played exactly 11... players with no substitutions the entire day over the course of the season that W team <clears throat> and actually one of the Washington Jefferson one of the sports writers out there knew so little about him he said the only thing I would know about Washington and Jefferson is that they're both dead that was that was his coverage of Washington and Washington Jefferson <laughs> they 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 beat the likes that year of Pitt Syracuse among other teams. and their starting quarterback pardon me if i put these things on their starting quarterback got hurt in that Pitt game which was a seven to nothing win and his replacement was Charles Pruner West, the first African-American quarterback to play in the Rose Bowl. All right. He obviously, he obviously didn't score. Hey, <laughs> hey,
1: hey. Can
2: you imagine a, a team of 450 going out, traveling on train across the country? And, all, and not only that, the um, the quarterback, um, who later became a uh, a doctor, I believe, Dr. West, was not allowed to ride in the train car with the other Members of the team. He had to ride in the colored car. And this team decided they were also going to ride in there with him. So some team unity back there um, propelled WJ to go on to a Rose Bowl appearance where they did not win, but they did not lose. Man, a lot of a lot has changed since then, but what a crazy story. And that's still uh something, the hundred-year anniversary has been recently celebrated in our local newspaper here in Washington, Pennsylvania. Just thought I would like to share that with you as college football fans. Be live over to you
1: I appreciate that on so many different levels Scott me too and you know what I just I learned also while I'm looking at this in 1942 I want y'all to take a wild guess this I mean just the wildest of wild guesses where the Rose Bowl was played think of it 1942 was it
2: in Charlotte maybe it was in was the it Carolinas, not, I believe. Why right? was it not played war? on
1: the West Coast, 1942? Because of one of the World Wars or something. I think it was a
2: war, and they—I think they moved it to the Carolinas. It was,
1: it was right after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Okay. Okay. So they limited crowds on the West Coast in fear of of of, the, of an attack. Yeah. It was actually held in Durham, North Durham, Carolina, okay. at
2: Duke. I was like I, I, did,
1: I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I was like what Wow.
2: I heard that story while I forgot I, I knew it was somewhere in the Carolinas. I was thinking Charlotte for some reason but yeah, I remember hearing that.
1: Durham is about an hour and a half, 2 hours away. That's, I'd say about an hour and a half away from here. Hmm. And that is quite the interesting story. That that's is a pretty that's a pretty big deal. And Ohio State players want to opt out and not play for the Rose Bowl with all this history the grandfather, but yeah, I I, 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 all right. You see the orange, you see the Paul at one o'clock. You see it. all roles. It <laughs> I spoke briefly about it, um, last week, but I want to just add some accolades because the number one quarterback recruit for the 2022 recruiting class, Cade Clubnick. I had to make sure I got the name um, pronounced correctly. Club Nick. Nick, 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 Nick. Club Nick. he not only he played in the all-star uh national all-star game threw for three touchdowns in the national all-star game was named the mvp of the game and also was named the max preps national player of the year um then there was a, um another guy that you might have heard of that was um was the national player of the year match Preps national player of the year? All he did was become the um Heisman Trophy winner this year by the name of Bryce Young. So
2: hmm.
1: um Klubnik, my man. Welcome to um welcome to Clemson. He has already enrolled, he is on campus, he's ready to practice. K okay, Clubnik versus DJ Uangalale for the starting um quarterback job this coming year. Let's the future is bright for my beloved Clemson Tigers. Eddie Cool. And, the and uh, Spencer Rattlers of the world.
2: Dub
0: <laughs> Your ass got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, be live, rattlesnakes bite. All right. <laughs> hey, nice. hey,
1: hey, Eddie, mm-hmm. Eddie Cool, just to throw something out there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of um Clubnik's some um, touchdown throws went to um um South Carolina commit um Landon Sampson. So all mm-hmm. right, so yeah, you, you, you gotta you gotta commit that's in the national all-star game. Yeah. Uh, so. We, we, are, um, we, we are here doing some stuff. Some stuff is doing The, la, the we, we last don't... time anybody from Clemson throws a ball to anybody from South Carolina. You ain't going no, to be no interceptions
0: going on. I'm going <laughs> to knock you out. Keep it up. I'm going to knock you <laughs> out. Um, all right. So, um, earlier in the year, well, late last year, the uh, USF, USFL said, we back, all right? And uh, when's the starting date again, fellas, sometime uh, April 2022? And yes. I'm to say April 16th. Yeah, April 16th, 2022, right around the corner. and uh, On my calendar. Yep, and Scott's over here jumping up and down. Look at him. He's jumping up and down. He's jumping for joy. Wait a minute, put on gallery view. He's jumping up and down. Oh, man, here we go. Another spring football league, all right? So that being said... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so there... (laughs) <laughs> so there's eight teams in the usfl right and for some strange reason they're releasing only four names of the head coach and it goes as follows all right mike riley he'll be the head coach of the new jersey generals mike riley was a head coach for the uh, then san diego chargers and he was bad um bart andrews of the uh philadelphia stars um bart andrews don't have a
2: cow man Literally,
0: yeah, yeah, don't have a cow, man. Yeah, can't Bart.
2: wait.
0: Yeah, can't wait. Good old Bart. <laughs> and I saw a picture of Bart Andrews, can't what?
2: wait.
0: Yeah, what, what's that? What's, what's, I don't know if it's a Spider Man villain or a Dick Tracy villain where the dude had like the lines in his hair and he had that haircut where it was like this right there. That's what he looked like, all right. But anyways, Bart <laughs> Andrews was a former coach of the Toronto Argonauts, all right. And then we got Todd. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger's best friend, uh, Todd Haley, who was a former, <laughs> yeah, who was a former offensive coordinator. I'm, th- I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> looking at the
1: hairline. I'm looking at that Bart Andrews I, hairline, I told bro. You
0: did not tell you. I don't know. I don't know if it's a Spider Man or a Dick Tracy villain where his mess looks like this right here. It looks. It, it he looks twisted. I'm wearing a hat because I haven't cut my hair yet, and it's a mess. But mm. yeah, bro. Ooh. Yeah. And I think Bart Bart uh Bart might be having some Beijing up in there. Uh and then we got Ben Rothersberger's best friend, um Todd Haley, who'll be the coach of the Tampa Bay Bandits, aka Antonio Brown's next team. And then we got Ken Sumlin, who was a big deal a while back, the former head coach at Texas AM University and the University of Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Is it Ken or Kevin? I'm sorry, Kevin Sumlin. I don't know. I, okay. I want he, he look like a kid, so I'm gonna call him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin Sumlin, who's the coach of the Houston Gamblers. Um, it's I, it's kind of like a who's who's of college football coaches. Um, I just want to see how long that die job that Bart Andrews has is gonna last. Let's have an over under bet, fellas. Which lasts longer? Um, Bart Andrews is um. Die job on his hair or the USFL? What's the over under?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Die job. Andrews, Bart, Bart Andrews' head looks like the Michigan Wolverines helmet. I'm telling you, it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> this is,
0: <laughs> Oh man, we die because I'm because <laughs> I'm, I'm like because I'm like who the hell is Bart Andrews? My like, oh, that's Bart Andrews. Okay, over to you, Scotty D.
2: <laughs> All right, indulge me one more time with local talk here. But on Monday, the College Football uh, Hall of Fame selections were announced featuring Andrew Luck, former Heisman winner, Rashawn Salam, Penn State's lavar Arrington, Champ Bailey of Georgia. There's a handful of others. And one other one of note here locally is John Luckhart. Now, John Luckhart was the coach. At Washington and Jefferson College for 17 years. He went 137 37 and two. He had two appearances in the Amos Alonzo Stag Bowl, that's the Division Three championship game. And he had 13 conference titles. He then moved on to my alma mater, the Cal U Vulcans. And from 2002 to 2011, he went 88 and 33. He's the winningest coach in their history. He had five double digit wins, winning seasons, and five consecutive playoff appearances. And that guy, is going into the College Football Hall of Fame with a lot of household names, but that'll be a big news here. John Luckhart, called him lucky around here. Lucky to have him in our area for Cal U and w and J. Be live, over to you. All right. Well, I'm going
1: to finish off this um, pepper game with, you know, I did a lot with college football players and everything like that throughout the season. So I did get away from my bread. And- with the most ridiculous thing I could possibly find in the history of Everton that happened this past week. And we heard some stories okay. about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Shad Khan. Duval and the whole clown situation and everything. wanting the fire, Trent Balky and all. We've heard a lot about it. But this has got to be the first time I have ever, ever heard of an NFL team sponsor saying please I know we signed the contract but please can, I don't want to be a part of this anymore wow. I, I, y'all y'all terrible <laughs> y'all are <guys. laughs> if we, won't, we won't out please can, I know I So, it has been reported that um, the final game of the season has already passed. That was going to be a crime show, which it actually was, but they ended up winning. But needless to say, roofclaim.com, a roofing company located in Georgia with business in Florida, they have sued the Jacksonville Jaguars to avoid being mentioned. As the primary sponsor of this past game, they said, please take our name off of this. We don't want no parts of this. We are not, we are not a clown organization like you guys. And we would like to get out of our contract if we could, because we don't want to be a part of it. We don't want to be part of it. Please take our name. Please, we just it's not, it's not good for business. Mm. And so According to the agreement, is that on um, roofplane.com, um, they signed a four, uh, $2.5 million deal in August, which was to include four years of being a primary sponsor, being mentioned once a game, et cetera, et cetera, being a primary sponsor. And they're like, um, yeah, we don't want to be part of it. But here's the, even another caveat to it. Um, as part of the deal, companies guaranteed a single game spotlight each of the four seasons. The deal also in- included a provision allowing Ruth Claim to terminate the agreement should and wait for it, he that shall not be named is fired as the head coach. Nah, they
0: found their way out.
1: Damn it, smart. So, smart. But they <clears throat> They put a provision in the contract Wow, that said if he that should not get named gets fired, we're out too. Which they were, they be, meaning they were prepared for this to be a complete crap show.
0: That's not good.
1: But part of the contract, which I can't really get into, it would have been, it could only be used at the end of the third season of, um, so they can back out of the contract after the third season. It's a four year contract. Ooh. But since he that shall not be named, but they they're they're now in court. They're going to court as soon as the Dashville Jaguars try to get out of that contract because they don't want to be a part of the a part of the team anymore. The Jaguars have a long way to go. You might have a lot of long money in Shad Khan, but when sponsors are like, ah, Blair. Roof.com, roof, um, roofclaim.com, If you want something to something to invest your money in, that has a lot of backing and great talent, and we will represent you to the best of our ability. Holla at a boy. Holla oh. at your boys. Holla at
0: TheReclaim Yes, sir. <laughs> Lord have mercy.
1: What? <laughs> what? They said no.
0: Like, like, who, who, who does that? Like, think about it. You, 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 are you're a business, right? You're going to a deal with a football team who's been notoriously bad since their existence. You have an opt out clause in case something happens to the person who shall not be named on this podcast. If that's not a precursor, I don't know what the hell is. But as the almighty be-live said, if y'all want to come, you know, a good reliable product that don't suck, come holler at us. And Scotty D, that kind of gives me an idea for a future choice of the voices question. I'll see that off air. So, um, all right, so with that being said, does everybody have all their choice? uh, Not all their choice, but all their uh, pepper points in? Done, baby.
1: Uh, yeah, we are good to go. It is time for the National Championship game. For oh, we already watched
2: watch We already, we already well, saw I was going to say,
1: what, I, we're telling the people what we're about to do. We already watched we're, we're it. We're recording together. on Monday. Congratulations so to the so what champions. we're about
2: to do. Congratulations, yeah, champs.
1: They know by now. But what's going to happen? You know what? Just Congratulations. And, what
2: a game that was. Yeah, Congratulations.
1: Was yeah. Congratulations to the champs. Well, yeah.
0: In the words of wait, Steve Harbour, just bring on the water. Wait, and, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait to ruin the moment, Scott. It's
2: okay. And in closing, <laughs> yeah,
0: do something that. nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They're really appreciated now more than ever. Congratulations because somebody in the SEC won the damn national championship. It's been another episode of the Sports Rose Podcast. Thanks for listening. let go, Cowboys. Let's go,
1: Cowboys. And see Let's you. Go Cowboys. You. Yes, all roads and all those things.
0: Miami, please hire. Jim Caldwell, if Matt Patricia's in the area, throw a bar of soap and some water at his ass. Oh, see y'all next week. Be live. Hit up one time. Yes, sir. See you next week.